Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore in the games of Blizzard Entertainment. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got both of my wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up, he's a shaman columnist, but he's also a lore aficionado. I can't say words today. That would be Joe Perez. Hey, Joe. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Other than my terrible pronunciation? Great. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I, I'm doing well. Uh, I have a fuzzy little terrorist and kitten running around the house. So Awesome. She has a name now, though. What is it? Her name is Samus. Yes, I approve. So, All right. Before we get into too much discussion about fuzzy critters, let's talk about um, our other co-host, or let's introduce our other co-host, who is kind of a fuzzy critter himself. I don't know. He has a beard, but he's also a lore expert, and that would be Matt Rossi. Hey, Rossi. I would resent this if it wasn't an accurate description of me. See, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm looking at your picture in Skype right now. <laughs> yeah. Modern me is a good deal fuzzier, to be completely frank. Oh, there you go. All yeah. right. How are you doing? Uh, I'm tired. You know, it's been a weekend. Have you I gotten have... stuff done in-game? Oh, uh, yeah, but nothing major. Uh, mostly just getting ready for like the, the, the week to come. The, the Warfront thing has been confusing, so yeah. We did some raiding, did okay, killed three bosses. I feel like uh, we need to talk about Warfronts on the regular show tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they definitely need some discussing. Because I'm confused. <laughs> so this week we have a boatload of reader emails to get to, and I figured we could go ahead and just kind of wade our way through those and see where we end up, because goodness knows when we start a conversation, we never actually finish it where we began. <laughs> and those are some of the best conversations that we have on this show, I think. Anyway, if you have an email for the show um, about World of Warcraft lore or any Blizzard lore in general, we'll talk about just about everything. You can email us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Just be sure you put Lorewatch in the subject line so that we know that it's intended for this show. We don't always get the emails, but we try to hit them fairly regularly, and we're kind of in that in-between period where we haven't had an avalanche of lore. I'm so happy. So let's just go ahead and jump into these. Uh, first one is from Bullydar from Twitter, who says, and Matt and Joe. As I was working my way through the war campaign, I ran into Rexar. He had the option to ask him why he joined the battle, so I did. He stated that he had joined the battle because Jaina had, because Jaina had, because he'd promised Thrall to protect the Horde, and that she had killed too many. I think he was talking about Siege of Orgrimmar, Missa Pandaria, or is that what she's been doing while she's been gone? Thanks, Bullydar. I haven't actually come across this interaction in game but that's because I've been playing Alliance primarily right now I'm still working on getting the Horde person up and going um, Joe you're playing Horde right? Yes. Have you run into this? Yeah so it's one of those things where you know how you establish footholds for bases on the other factions islands? Yes. That's where Rexar's main focus is and I can't remember the zone he's in I want to say it's Stormguard um, it's a, and, it, if it's the north one, it's Stormguard. If it's the middle one, it's Tiragard. If it's Stormsong or Stormsong, Storm excuse sorry. me, Stormsong. Um, Tiragard's the middle one, and Dressar is the really yeah. Dressar is lower left. It's either it's it, I can't remember which one it is off the top of my head. I, okay. I'm fairly confident it's Stormsong. Okay, but you when you you can talk with him and you can find out what's been going on. But I mean, his presence is there really really early on. Um, it's one of those things where like you first find him and 
the Alliance are waiting in ambush for you as they've almost murdered his wolf companion uh, and are using it as like a sniper's lure to try to get you to, you know, come and save his pet and then ambush you. And then, you know, you wind up having to fight your way out. And then Rexar shows up and, you know, it's like, why are you here? What's going on? And that's when he does say that, you know, I'm here because, you know, Jane is involved again. And, you know, it, it struck me as a little bit weird. Like it was cool to see Rexar, but it was sort of like a weird reasoning for him to be there because like he has a, he, like, what did he do during Legion? Like, was he even around? Like, I don't remember. Yeah, seeing he was part, of the, he was part of the Hunter Order Hall. So okay, he, was, he was out there on the Broken Isles and everything. He didn't really, okay. I mean. But he didn't really do anything important. No, he ended up, I think he ended up being one of your champions at one point or another. Yeah, he did. Because I remember, because I asked him to go with me everywhere. And he brought his annoying flappy bird. Anyway, um, so yeah, he was <laughs> like a recruitable champion that you could get in Legion if you were a hunter. Because obviously he's a hunter, but he didn't really have what I would call an overabundance of story involved, per se. Sure. And for here, it's he's involved in the story, I think, only precisely because he was involved in the Kaltiran story beforehand. Like he was there when Dalen fell. I mean, that that's kind of like, I think, his whole purpose in being See, there. That's the that's the part that I'm kind of like this whole thing kind of confuses me. Sure. Because. Rexar, the whole reason that Rexar and Rokan and Chen, is it Chen? What was Chen that was with them? Chen, yeah, it Chen was Chen. Yeah. The whole reason that the three of them could get to Dalen was because Jaina stepped aside because she actually, like, she wanted to reach out and reach some kind of agreement with the Horde. So the last time on record, from what I'm aware of, that she spoke to Rexar, they were on, and Jaina hasn't been really going around lighting any cities on fire. There was the battlefront, but that was primarily Alliance forces as a whole. So I just, I, I guess I don't get where this is coming from. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but I mean, I can kind of understand why they'd want him involved because they've been making it a big point, especially with the Warbringer short. Like during the time when Dalen was killed by the Horde, the Horde was being led by Rexar. Like it doesn't matter whether Jaina stepped aside or not. It matters, at least in this context, that Rexar represents the decision-making process, essentially, that led to Dalen's demise. And if she's feeling as... And I haven't completed all my Alliance stories, so I, I might be off base on this one. But if she's feeling as much guilt and as much... Uh, just If she's feeling the weight of that and everything that happened during that time, who's really left from that, that version of the Horde that she can pin any of that on. Garrosh is dead, so she can't even have this warmonger to pin on. Sylvanas wasn't there, like, wasn't involved at all in that part of it. Rexar is that figure. He he is that figure that, you know, he was in charge of the Horde. He was, you know, he's that iconography, at least in that image, like, where it stands at. Uh, here's my thing. That would make sense for why Jaina would be going after Rexar, except she this isn't. Is, right. She isn't exactly. going after Rexar. Exactly. Rexar is going after her for crimes that he's made up and that exactly. the horde and in fact the horde is the ones who go around murdering too many and Jaina, neither Jaina nor the alliance have actually killed anybody really comparatively even when you destroy lordaeron everyone's evacuated from lordaeron because you you do it the horde side you see them all get evacuated and it's the horde that blow up lordaeron with plague not the alliance yeah. oh no i absolutely agree so, and that's so that's, a, that's this weird. is this is this is somebody who is part of a group that has murdered multiple people saying it's you've killed too many to the person trying to stop them. 
And, well, flat and out, this is the part that I find weird about it, though, yeah. is it's like, why would he ever have a problem with Jaina? Like, legit, was is somebody he, feeding him something? Like, yeah, some kind of incorrect information? Because that's not the attitude of the Rexar that I yeah, remember. Exactly. I think that's where it's strikingly weird, because... It, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of feel to a certain degree that... I was saying this the other day when I was talking about, in relation to, like, game stuff... Like people have their own head cannon for things that they hold on to well past the point where it's it's justified in game, and it feels almost like the horde as an organization has its own head cannon for every event it's ever been involved in, where they were the ones being attacked, whether or not that's even remotely true. Like the entire push into to go after Teldrassil was we have to do this for our survival, based on nothing. What what? survival from what you know you had a minor skirmish in arathi of all places with with anduin and suddenly it's all important for your survival to capture well that Teldrassil? was mostly that was mostly you, you know, an effort to yeah but that, no, that was a product that was an of, effort to like yeah, knock out it, a major port so that they could keep control of the azurite it was that's a not what they of, were saying though that's yeah, it, a, it's not i'm not talking about what they were doing. I'm talking about when you when you clicked on Sorfang and he'd tell you we're doing this so we can yeah. survive. When when Lord when when you got to the end bit and he's like, you know, I do this for the survival of the horde. They have this built up idea that if they don't do things like this, somehow the alliance will come murder them. In, and you hear it over and over again. I have no problem believing that he really thinks that Jaina is going around murdering everybody in sight because that's what the horde does constantly. Therefore, it must be something the alliance is doing. Well, and this is this and, is where I come back to the, the, the like I was going to say. This seems out of place for the Rexar that they've portrayed in game to me. And I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you that the horde has this weird, built-in like internal storytelling. But it also started making me wonder, like the Teldrassil thing and that entire setup and everything that happened there was twofold. One, it was a product of Sylvanas's own paranoia going and doing what she was doing, but Sarfang needing something to throw himself into and maybe not exactly seeing the whole picture. Maybe he I'm not was saying, kind of justifying it to himself. Exactly. Or trying now, to. Saying, now, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but I'm saying I could see that. Now, if the control of information to Rexar is coming from the current war chief it would behoove her to lie to Rexar and say, all of these deaths are at Jaina's hands. See, Your old enemy is at it again. Like, but yes, we don't get anything here, like that. Here's the thing. This is, this is why I kind of have a problem with this thing is that I remember Rexar from vanilla patrolling Desolus, like walking up and down Desolus and into Feralus and up North into whatever that zone is. I forget the name of it. Um, but he was going back and forth there. Stone Talon. He was going back and forth from Stone Talon to Feralus through Desolus. And by and large, staying removed from any kind of faction, anything, really. Um, I could walk right up to him on any Alliance character that I had. Now, clicking on him would have been a terrible idea because that would have been attacking him. But he was not deliberately like hostile. Like If you walked up to him, he wouldn't turn around and pound you into the dirt or anything. He just kept right on walking which was fine and that kind of tied into where we left him at at the you know during that whole segment in Warcraft 3 where at the end of it it's like oh you're the champion of the horde he's like okay well I'm going to go wander and do my own thing now thanks 
And that's kind of always been Rexar's MO. Like, he's never really gotten into the whole, I'm going to go fight and die for my war chief. He's just sort of there, and he'll do things if, you know, they're beneficial or whatever. This Rexar, the one who's saying that Jaina has taken too many lies or, or, or lives or whatever it is that he's saying, doesn't jive with that portrayal of that character. Does that See, make sense? It kind of works much more for the Rexar we saw in the Burning Crusade, though, who is very definitely working to try and bring a group into the Horde. Yeah. As, command, as commander of a Horde town. Yeah. I but mean, he's the Horde also trying to in there. reunite with his family, too. I mean, yeah, there's like twofold going on there. He's definitely working for the Horde as a member of the Horde. And you see him do that again in uh, Cataclysm when he shows up to defend Orgrimmar out of the blue. I mean, literally, there's no explanation for this. The yeah. elements are in unrest. Rexar's here. What? Why is Rexar here? No time. Axes to elementals. Okay. Because he's cool. <laughs> you know. We've gotten this temporarily <laughs> under control. Okay. Uh, then I'm going to go back to what I was doing. What were you doing? Never mind. Going. And when you see him in Warlords, my biggest problem with Warlords is there is no clear, establishable way to know who the heck the Rexar in Warlords is. Like Which, which think, one it is, right? I think it's the Rexar from their world. It is I don't, because he doesn't have a Misha. Yeah, but it's not really clear. They don't distinguish him in any significant way. No. His model is exactly the same. All of his pets have the kind of similar names. He acts just like Rexar. It, there's no, you know, there's none of, he, he's not wild-eyed or young or more aggressive or anything, really. And he's this, still out there, and the most, the thing that he's most concerned with is, like, his animal buddies and yeah. fair treatment of other animal buddies. And that's that's kind of like, I mean, even in the Legion thing, if you play a hunter and you go to meet Rexar, Rexar's talking to you about how to be a hunter. He's not really invested in the whole Horde or Alliance thing. Of course, that wasn't really like a major sticking point with Legion anyway, because we were talking about um, our characters as the classes that they played rather than one faction versus the other at that point. So it just, I don't know. Now, now see... And here's the thing. If they had told me and Rexar had said, I'm going to kill as many alliances as I can because they killed Huelo, I'd be all about that because he's been John Wicking at that point. Because yeah. they, his, they, they made him kill his dog. They made him put his wolf companion down. That would have been more justifiable than what they gave me in the game as far as I'm concerned. Uh, like quite I was just, frankly, quite I was just frankly, out scouting and they speared my dog. If Jaina showed been... up and killed his dog, that would give him to go after her. But I don't think that she's like, she's been noticed absent. Came back in the battle, which like you pointed out, Rossi, all of like the, the and they get evacuated for that event. Like they empty out the city. People that are there, the horde that are there and are fighting are specifically there to fight. They aren't just, like, you know, random... Like, even the cockroach vendor got out of there. I mean, everybody got out of there. Everybody it's, got out of there. Not, it's not comparable to when, the, you know, a tree that is the entire starting no. zone for our people got burned down. But so let's, let's, let's focus, on, focus on what's going on here, though. Because Jaina showed up for the Battle of Lordaeron and let them breach the city walls. Like, she showed up in her ghost ship. Beyond that... What's when's the last time Jaina did any? Well, here's she the kicked, other thing too. She kicked a bunch of elves out of Dalaran back in Mists of Pandaria. Why would Rexar give a flying flip about the elves? He would. Plus, she she didn't kill any of them either. Well, she she, she smacked Aethys. No, she smacked Aethys down. If you, it depends no, on what side you're playing. No, if you go in there and you do that scenario, you see her flat like. Yeah. But at any rate, 
Regardless. At any rate, though, in terms of what what's going on in Stormsong, acting like Rex Arcane showed up to scout and then they killed his dog. No, the Horde firebombed the town and killed dozens of people with pitchforks and paling them on walls. Boo hoo! If your wolf got killed, I, I I'm sorry. This whole the, the Horde's constant. You know, oh, we've got to get revenge for what? There's no revenge to be gotten here. They didn't okay, do anything. Rossi, so, so, you're no. going beyond saying, what we're talking here because what we're talking in general, about here is we're talking did about, do anything, no. we're talking about Rexar as a character and what that character and I'm saying that that character that they established back in Warcraft 3 this line that they have him doesn't fit any within that established character narrative like beyond the whole faction war beyond anything that the Horde has been doing in Stormsong or anywhere else beyond anything that the Alliance has been doing in Lordaeron or elsewhere this just doesn't fit. I I don't I don't know and, how to and rationalize to Rousey's it. Cre- and, and to Rousey's credit, I agree with him that Jaina hasn't done anything, and yeah. so like the the, the only invoking thing she did of her show up and stop a pirate fleet. I mean, seriously, yeah. Like her her actions. This is the point I was trying to get to. Her actions during the whole time of the Stormsong campaign have been to be stuck in a magical dimension. She like literally, even yeah. if he was talking about, even if he's talking about the deaths of Horde members in Stormsong, Jaina wasn't didn't there. even do that. Maybe <laughs> like, he doesn't know that. Maybe he thinks, you know, maybe someone told him, yeah, we were totally invading Stormsong and, and then Jaina think, showed up and killed him. Man, but do we think that, do we think that Nathanos or Sylvanas has been feeding him some lines and, somewhere? And that's what I think is the only logical explanation. And I was talking about that earlier. Like if the control of information is coming from, the spy master for the horde, which is Nathanos, who is, you know, enthralled, not necessarily compelled by the, the Banshee Queen here. You know, it would make sense that if Nathanos needed something to be done and needed Rexar as a piece on behalf of his queen, he would play whatever, you know, role he needed to. He would give whatever information he needed to. Or Sylvanas could have told him flat out, we need Rexar to to go and you know, be a presence again because specifically she knows the history between Rexar and Jaina and she wants to to mess with Jaina. And I could see that being a thing where this is a, a, a potentially potential tactical play saying, you know, and it falls in line with what she's been saying before. Their emotions will get the best of them. Their emotions will get the best of them. Here's the silly here's, living, silly living. Here's a little problem with that. If you go along with that idea, it postulates that Rexar is easily duped. Because and I don't think he is. Everybody well, knows. No, here's the thing. Everybody knows about Nathanos and Sylvanas at this point. You can't tell me that you know people in the Horde don't understand who these people are. They've shown their colors numerous times. There's lots yeah. of examples of them doing things. You're telling me – I get that Rexar is not exactly hanging around Orgrimmar getting the water cooler talk. But who did? who is the one that Rexar got brought into the Horde by? Yeah, but who's – but who's also on that boat with Nathanos sitting in the Horde area? Etric. If if Etric is throwing his support behind Nathanos... So now, here's a question, then. You're, are you postulating that Etric went along with a lie? No, I'm I'm postulating that Rexar is not easily duped, but Rexar sees Etric, who's an honorable you know, orc and a representation of to him of what the Horde is, right? Throwing his lot in with them, not, you know, he's in his mind it's probably not, oh, he's just going to blindly follow whoever's in the seat. It's he would expect probably Etrig to be a little more honorable or a little more reasonable or intelligent than that. So I, I'm saying there's there's enough people sticking around that if Rexar saw them, it's not necessarily that he would just outright believe them, but I think he'd give it more credence. Like, if they're still around, maybe this is true. 
I, I think know. my problem with it, I think my problem is that the last time we saw Jaina and Rexar interact in any fashion, it was back in Warcraft 3. And mm-hmm. their departure was amicable. They didn't, mm. they didn't like, yell at each other or anything. They didn't, I mean... Did they actually, here's the question, did they actually have a departure? Like, I don't, did they, did they say goodbye or actually I even think, speak? I can't remember... I can't remember if they did or not. Um, I know that she stood aside, let them go kill Dalen. They took care of Dalen. It's been a long time since I played through that campaign. And then at yeah, the end too. of it, Rexar goes back to Orgrimmar, and you know, no, the they they thing, they absolutely leaves. do have an interaction. Do they? Okay. Yeah, they. Do absolutely. they have a Is goodbye it... one? I yes. mean, I don't recall that. Are they are they angry at each other? Because I don't remember them being really angry at each other. And this is the part that I, this is the part that really kind of bugs me, right? Okay, if Jaina has a big problem with Rexar and everything that Rexar has done, Chen Stormstout was right there too. So why didn't we see any kind of interaction Mm -hmm. between him and Jaina, you know, in Pandaria where he was a major figure? And well, popped we up here and there all over the place. Like we didn't, that... we didn't see much Jaina in the, in Pandaria until well, the end, did, anyway. And, yeah, we did it's... on the Isle of Thunder, but that was yeah. that was like it. But the thing is, is it's like, where is that coming from? I guess Here's... that's the thing that's bugging me is I'm like, where is coming from? And we I don't got another have thing though. The, that... We don't context around it. There's one thing though. We're actually forgetting another character who was actually there and who's already pretty prevalent in Rokan. in yeah, Rokan, yeah, Rokan was Rokan. there. Rokan was one of the main figures. Rokan took part in that whole thing. Yep. Why even have Rexar in this when you have Rokan, who is quite comfortable taking the orders of the War Chief and doing her will, and has, and has been already been it, seen? Well, yeah. you know, all expansion, pretty much. Well, and I'm starting to question that as well a little bit, though, for stuff we'll probably get into later, because I, uh, I think that might not be the case for long. But here's the thing, though: you've already got Rokan, so if someone's going to be bringing Rexar into it, it's not Itrig, who re- does not know Rexar very well and has had very minimal interaction with him. It would be Rokan. Rokan sure. is the one who worked with Rexar. Rokan is the one who knows Rexar. Uh, there's one other person on the Horde side, however, who you'd expect Rexar to be talking to. Bane. Mm-hmm. They yeah. knew each other. Um, they interacted. Rexar was good friends with uh, his Aaron. father. Yeah. yeah, but Rexar saved Bane from Harpies. It's Harpies or Centaur. Wow, it's been a long time. One no, of the that two. that was Thrall during the main campaign, not Rexar during the side campaign. Okay. Am I wrong? Well, I know that Rexar and, and Bane go, have a thing. This has been so long. I have to go back they and play. They met. Well, I think they met. And they just, did there's talk. A, there's and a lot it was of, after Bane had been saved. There's a lot of stuff going on here. I, I don't know. I, I feel like, the, to a degree, I do feel like the Horde really loves to engage in self-deception about its activities. And they get caught I, flat, I, again I, and again. Don't disagree. Saying things. But I also find myself thinking, I don't think Rexar is stupid. I think don't think Rexar is easily manipulated. And the people that you'd expect Rexar to be in contact with, I mean, that's what gets me wondering. I don't know. I'll say this much. I would not be too quick to assume that Rexar tells your character the truth when you talk to him. Maybe. And there's a reason I think that because I think he would be interacting with Rokan. And I think Rokan... Rokan should have pretty much everything out in the open, not only because of who he's working for, but for who he's talking to. There's a specific figure uh, that we got that he's talking to that he that he knows is involved in all this. So I'll say that much. Well, and there's some more complication with that, too, especially if you're Horde side, because there is I'm not going to get too far into it because I don't want to spoil it because it's it's something that 
people should just now roughly be getting to if you're casually playing through the Horde side stuff. Um, there is a series of quests that unlock when you get to Revered with uh, the Zondalari Trolls that sends you on a quest to go do some very, really important story things. And it, I think it complicates Rokan's position just a little bit more and starts to make you wonder where where he's getting whispers from. So Yeah, I I think Bolidar, we we've kind of gone off topic a little bit from your original question, which was just what was Rexar talking about? But the answer That's we that, don't know. The answer to that question is there's not really an answer to that question because it's it's a matter of context and I don't think that in this case the context has been sufficiently given as and far I think we as won't. As far I as think we, what he's talking about. Um, and, and I I'd, think we won't know until closer towards the end of this whole war chief storyline. Yeah. yeah, and that's entirely possible. Um, it, it's entirely possible that that's going to be the case. So I'm sorry we don't have a better question for you. But hey, you made us argue with each other and go back and forth some cool things. So there's that. Enjoy that. Uh, let's go to the next email, though, here. Uh, this one is from Easy Target, a troll hunter from Uldaman, who says, Had an idea as to why we even go to the Motherlode. Is Azerite fresh Kajamite? After all, the Sundering was a pretty traumatic event for Azeroth. Could some Azerite have bled out and after a few millennia, well, gone stale? Imagine Azercola. Easy Target. It, you... There are certain similarities. There are. I, mean, uh, I remember we wrote a long time ago, uh, we wrote about Kajamite. One of the things that got me about Kajamite was that Mimiron is the one who first found it mm-hmm. and was trying to figure out how to use it. And he experimented on various uh, chemical life. versions, not just various life forms and various formulations of the stuff and effectively made goblins out of it. And that's one of the things, one of the things that's confusing with this is that when the Great Sundering happened, uh, it actually cut the goblins off from Kajamite. It didn't, get them more of it it got them less of it so the zandalari were using kajamite in their rituals too and the goblins in fact were enslaved by the zandalari and forced to mine it that's how current modern goblins got their start they were forced to dig up kajamite by the zandalari who used it in various magic rituals so there's lots and it does have lots of similarities the whole idea that when sylvanas touched the piece in in before the storm she the got Azerite. like yeah she yeah when she touched the Azerite, she got the huge rush of you know f- power and felt so much more intelligent and fo- so much more capable that's similar to the way that Kajamite gives you ideas and I, I think there was wasn't uh, I forget the name of the goblin but the goblin that was in before the storm he Jaster? was yeah Jaster he no Jaster Gallywix no, no the, not Gallywix yeah. the the other one the eventer the one that the oh, one that yeah. was the yeah. one that the one that was with Sassy yeah um when he touched it, it was kind of the same. It was like, whoa, this is a mega dose of Gajamite, kind of. Because he had all kinds of ideas of things that he could utilize that stuff for. And I think I think the way that they described it in Before the Storm was that they saw potentials and possibilities rather than giving you ideas. But isn't that kind of the same thing? Almost? It's certainly, it bears a certain similarity. It's along the same um, lines. Well, one of the things is there's a quest... Uh, I remember this. There's a Zandalari quarry uh, in, I want to say Zoldazar, where Girl they were. Gorge. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, they were digging up Kajamite. I'm holding my head in my hands trying to make this come out. Uh, they were digging up Kajamite and they had to stop because gorillas were finding it. Intelligent and, gorillas. Yeah, well, they became intelligent because of it. Yep. 
the you even there's is, even a there's even a quest where you talk with one. Yeah, and the girl is like, you know, yes, we've gained sapiens because of the Kajamite. So, I mean, there are similarities. I don't know that they're the same thing. I don't know that Azerite and Kajamite are the same thing. It would make a certain amount of sense, but that, like, you know, I don't. This kind of only a there's only a gross way to say this. I'm sorry, but if Azerite is the blood of the planet, Kajamite could be the scar tissue or scabs. I was thinking it was like the, the, the yeah, it's gross. I know. I mean, I was gross, gonna but... I was gonna go with it. Maybe it's the acne of Azeroth and her from her teenage years. Uh, yours is funnier, but mine is you know horrible. So um, <laughs> I, I, I know it's terrible, but <laughs> seriously, like, it makes a certain amount of sense that it it might be the planet attempting to close over Wounds, something horrible yeah. happened to it. So like, and, and for it that seems matter, like that that would kind of like be the case because Gallywix that stone that Gallywix has on the end of his staff the one that's actually Azerite it was a dull mm. red before all of this stuff went down and Sargeras impaled the planet and everything else that happened at the end of Legion it was this dull red color and they had found it in a Kajamite mine like they went deeper and deeper down from that Kajamite and they found this other stuff and he had it made into the rock that went on his staff like he explains this a little bit with the storm but um, the complication they, they came here, from the same place. They came from the yeah. same place. Complication here is the fact that we know of other materials that are made out of other entities on Azeroth that you could get by digging up, specifically uh, Saranite. Mm-hmm. Old God blood. Yeah. And one of the things I've always wondered is if Kajamite was related to an old god. Like if you have a big sleeping old god under, say, the water. And you dig into parts of him. Is that you know? Is that where it comes from? Like maybe it's Yashraj blood or Nizoth blood. And if you were digging into it and then you dug below it, you might hit Azeroth's blood. So now the interesting thing about that, and 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 here's where you might be onto something too. You have the whole thing behind Gahun, and Gahun was essentially created by experimenting with old god blood by the Titan, like. Where did they get that blood from? Well, if it's a facility in Zandalar that we're going in to fight Cahun, where he's been contained, where all these experiments happened, that facility isn't exactly too far away from uh, the village in the vines by the Gorilla Gorge. It's 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 not too far away from that. So you might be onto something. For that matter, too, if you look at Zandalar's location, Zandalar is not that far away from the Broken Isles or Kulteris's current location all of which are kind of around the area where we, we have a reason to believe Nazoth is related. Correct. Um, specifically because if you look at – someone did this. I think it might have been – oh, God, I can't remember who it was. Somebody on Twitter took the um, the old cataclysm map where where they have uh, Vashir laid out and they put it where it would be compared to where we have Kaltiris. And it's and right it's, there. Yeah, it's right there. So we're we're not – too far away from where Nazoth might be. And, and I mean, and if we know, and we know that, you know, like you said, you have Serenite that was seeping throughout the entirety of a continent in the north. Yeah, everywhere that that um, Yogg-Saron was, the Serenite was sure to go. Why um, couldn't we say that the same thing possibly happened with Kajamite? Yeah. Yeah, it, it could be, you know, I mean, we don't know anything about Yashiraj for that matter, like where, what happened to Chunks of him ended up raining down all over the planet. Like that's that's in Catac- not in Catacombs, yeah, but seriously, but when, yes. when they when they reached down and ripped him out, chunks of him went everywhere. 
they could have we know that the Titans could have like scooped up as much of the remains as they could and, and taken that to Aldir. We know that they might have been using the the other old gods they have imprisoned. Isn't Cahoon effectively like created by taking the you know samples from various ones and just kind of like saying what well, what happens if we do this? Well, they didn't say what samples they use. They just said, as far as we know, he was just created by experimenting on old god blood. They didn't say where from. Well, I just remember too with Vectis and with uh, the Fetid Devourer. The Fetid Devourer is because they they experimented on Loa. Yeah. Yep. So the the Titans were not being conservative here. They were just like, what happens if we do this? The, the Titans experimentation seems to be along the lines of, do you have a bad idea? Yeah. Let's see what happens if we do it. Wow, it was worse than I thought. Okay. What about this bad idea? Yeah, that's terrible. That that was a really bad idea. In yeah. fact, it's, here's it's the kind of like um, God. Just what know, hit me just now, Ross. just really quick. Let me say this: they were having ideas. Yeah. While experimenting on old god blood. Oh God. <laughs> I was gonna say it's kind of like the equivalent of uh, what we were talking about last on last week's regular show, where you don't know what something is going to do, so you just pull it and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. They, they were kind the of, Titans but, are basically doing that with like the planet. <laughs> I just like imagine like the various Titan Forge, like Mother and and uh, Tal. I want to say Talus, but that's not his name. I can't remember his name right now. The first one. Yeah. Tal Talcus? No, it's not Tal. What is his name? I got a sword off him. I may saw him this week. I can't remember his name. But that first guy and Mother are basically standing around going, oh, "I just had another idea. What if we do this awful thing?" And then they do it, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, that was really bad." Like. Why is what's going to happen if we do this? I don't know. Pull it. Let's see what happens. Well, it would make sense too because the void, the void shows all possibilities, right? What are all gods derived from? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Doesn't that what the that's what they say in uh, Stormsong? In Stormsong, they're all you know. I see the thousand truths. Yep. Okay. They say it over and over again. So, like the whole thing behind the void is Mm -hmm. basically you see a million ideas at once. Only it's not ideas; it's like because the void sees all potential possibilities and thinks that every one of them is true, right? And 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 then we go back to like what the difference between Azurite old god blood. Like, are we saying that that maybe that's old god God material? Yeah, and I think that's why I think Rossi might be on the right track with that, though. Like, I think I think that might be it because also like the difference, right? And where like, does so that you have Azerite goblins at that point. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If if you have like we're we're dealing with two possible substances at once. It could the, be Azerite, which is like distilled Titan soul essence blood, yeah. what have you, or it could be the but, bad kind. But wait a minute. Well, what if what if the original Kajamite wasn't? what we now know as Kajamite. What if it was Azerothian blood? What if it was Azerite to begin with? Which is why Gallywix, they were able to dig down and find that that little pearl of it. What if that was was there at the dawning of the race? It was stuff left over from the Sundering and had thousands and thousands of years to just kind of mellow out. But I mean, even before that, even if there was like wounds or something in the planet, because we know that the old gods dug down, right? There's nothing that says they didn't cause the world to bleed before they, you know, the Titans ripped an old god out of it. But what if that's how goblins evolved? But then old gods were like, hey, look, they're really, you know, drinking this stuff up. Let's replace it and see if they let's see if they know the difference between new Kajamite and old Kajamite. And goblins just start taking more of that stuff in. You guys remember, um, this is in Throne of Thunder. The uh, the boss who is effectively just blood. 
yeah the um oh, oh yeah i can't remember his name but... with all of the blood stuff when, when yeah, yeah um not just but not him the, the one after him where oh the oh, the, the construct yeah. that had yeah. all of that okay yes there, there was a, there's always been a thing back before we knew much about a lot of this stuff um dark animus by the way oh god brain uh when we were talking about dark animus originally one of the things i noticed was that they used this blood magic to reverse engineer the curse of flesh and turn themselves back to stone and I remember noticing that how similar that was to the Well of Eternity, and then when we found out the Well of Eternity was what happens when you make a giant wound in the planet and its divine, its powerful blood essence leaks into the water. That's where the Well of Eternity comes from originally, the first one. Yeah. What if we're, we're looking at here is Titan blood, the the blood, you know, the blood of Argus from from the end of of. Acarus, not Acarus, why I want to call it Acarus. When we get Argus's blood at the end of Antorus, that tiny little bit of blood is enormously powerful. It's just like, it's just like the Azerite. So I think we do actually have Titan blood leaking. I think that's happening. But what if you take Titan blood with all of its raw power? The Titan blood is, it's not necessarily information. It's vitalization. It's life. Life gives you a rush. Life makes you, you know, feel stronger and smarter and better and, and gives you more incipient potential. Well, that's true. But Kajamite makes you see things and think things and gives you, what about this? What about that? If you combine the two, you effectively have a power source for an idea factory. Do, do you get where I'm going with this? Yeah. Like, if you have the two combining, and you would have the two combining because you've got old gods basically buried into the planet itself, dug in like ticks. If you try pulling a tick, the head rips off and you end up making things worse. We know that that's literally true for the old gods. You just try ripping them out. Nope, that was a bad idea. Okay, we can't do that. What about step two? You get that whole experiment in terms of like trying to figure out how to get rid of them and you just made it worse they made you know old Deer. and they locked old Deer down so they knew old Deer that that was a bad move it it wasn't going to work what what ah, there's something about these two substances it's like part of me thinks it's like the old gods try the old gods feed on the planet don't they they're parasites kind of yeah wouldn't they be drinking azurite wouldn't they be sustained by it as they're Ew. feeding into the planet and wouldn't therefore their essence be in, invoking it. They want to make a, 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 a corrupt Titan, a void Titan. Yeah. And they're doing that by effectively poisoning the planet, right? With themselves. They're trying to feed back into her. They're taking from her, filtering it through themselves and putting it back into her. And maybe that's what all this stuff like Serenite and Kajumite is. It's the poison milk. They're trying to feed the planet you know, their version of they're trying to feed the planet their truth. And we're part of the planet. Yeah. So when we in, ingest this stuff, the the pure Azerite is one thing. It's like you see that the kind of golden color. Yeah. Kajamite Kajamite looks very much like Serenite. It's like kind it's of like violet ne- green. It's neon green ish. Yeah. yeah. So it might be, you know, what a what an old god produces to to feed back into the planet. It might it's be like the replacement. Serenite with a gold overlay. Yeah. And gold overlay. What was what Azerite? Azerite's yeah. like gold and white. Yeah. So I don't okay, know. Well, this... easy target. That's not quite what you were asking about, but um, I think you'll appreciate the. Thank you for the conversation that you just sparked because that's got all kinds. I got all. Th- that was in... okay. Let's go to the next scene here, though. 
Uh, this one is from Bu Manchu, a 120 horde pandaren monk, who says, Hi guys, quick question. We know why the Alliance are in Boralis and when it's under siege, for obvious reasons. But my question is, why is the horde there? Other than Nathanos wanting to steal their stuff while they're under attack, I can't find a reason to be there. Have you guys seen one? Cheers, Bu Manchu. I don't think it's much different than the Alliance showing up in King's Rest. Yeah, the thing with King's Rest is it's part of the war campaign. When you're doing the war campaign, you find out, like, you discover plans that are going on on the Horde side. And I haven't finished the war campaign. I'm almost done with it. Actually, I'm probably going to finish it later today. But um, with that war campaign, the reasoning behind it was, okay, the Horde are going to this place called King's Rest. What's up with that? We better figure out what's going on there because it might be something that we can take advantage of um so it's legit just a reason for the other faction to have access to that particular dungeon really yeah yeah it's not like it's really heavily storied but i mean it does make sense that for much the same reason it makes sense to the alliance not wanting the zandalar to to be strong because yeah. you know they're they're an ally to the horde i mean horde the horde doesn't want the alliance getting the hands on the Colterran navy I mean, obviously, canonically, the Alliance still does, but that doesn't mean the Horde would have wanted it. I mean, it would, whatever you want to say about them, they're not stupid. I mean, uh, that's one of the reasons I, I kind of, I, we, I was trying to get to it when we were talking about the whole thing with Rexar. Stormsong in general feels really weird. Yeah. From from the Horde perspective, like I don't get it. Like so I have lots of problems with it, and I feel like to a certain degree. The campaign tries tries hard to balance it to make it make more sense, and there's I think that's maybe one of the reasons Rexar comes out so strange, is because it's it feels I mean I don't know what you guys think it feels to me like the Stormsong stuff was tacked on it doesn't I, feel as as well done as some of the other stuff I definitely don't disagree like even as a horde player and going through it like Stormsong makes the least amount of sense to me like the other ones I can kind of understand like what we're can doing you, in them to a certain degree can you Joe because I haven't hit 120 on a horde character yet it's coming guys I swear but can you give us like a brief overview of what the horde is doing in Stormsong like when you're sent out there to establish your outposts and everything else I would absolutely love to but I have no idea really like it, it's one of those things where like oh we need to establish these bases to sort of keep our eye on them as far as I've gotten in, as far as what they've, what I've unlocked and gone through, we're looking for things and people specifically to raise from the dead to, as Forsaken, to go after the Cult Herans. And we're, like, at one point, the, the only quest that really stood out to me as, like, really weird and really sad um, was we're looking for one of the Tidestorm Mages. I think that's what they're called. Um, Tidespeakers. Tide speakers. speakers, yeah. But we're looking for one of them. And what wound up happening is you find one who's, you know, he's gone and left his family because he's dying. And that's what they do. They just go and be by the water to go and return back to, you know, whatever. And you talk with them and he's like, okay, well, I'll help you, but you need to make sure my family's okay. And this is where, you know, Rexar's like, you know, we'll promise we, your, your family will be well taken care of and nobody will bother them and, and everything else, and, you know, by my honor. And and Lillian Voss is there, too, because, of course, she is. And you go through all this whole this whole thing, and he dies. And you bring him back as Forsaken. And he goes and tries to see his family. And they freak out because they've just seen what the Horde has done to their area without provocation. 
And this is even even in the Horde side, this is what they're saying. Like, you know, things were peaceful. And then all of a sudden you came out of nowhere and just started blowing things up. Why? And then they see somebody who used to maybe be a husband and father and now come back as forsaken. And then he promises to help you after that as long as you continue to keep his family safe, even though they no longer want anything to do with them. And that's it. Like, that's that's all I know that we're doing there is looking for a mage to go help us decipher where these bodies are from the wreckages to bring them back in order to have them serve the Horde. And I don't want to spoil it because it's one of those moments that actually made me, like, go, oh, oh, wow, that's bad. Um, but we do some very questionable things, even if you're a diehard Horde fan, and it still doesn't make sense to me why we're in that particular area of the island. Okay. That's all I got. To, to, I think to a degree, the, having the Horde be in Disease of Morales makes a ton more sense, relatively speaking, because that's a major thing. I mean, sure. this it's is... a major thing. And also, you know, it's it's a point where, OK, the Alliance are distracted right now because they're helping the Colterians fight these other people who have shown up. So while they're distracted by these other guys, let's get in there and disrupt as much as we can. I mean, and yeah. that coincides and that coincides with like Tactically the whole speaking. That's kind of sound. OK. And it also coincides with what we're doing in the other zones, like when we're like, oh, we're just going to take over all of these pirate towns. We own them now. You work for us. By the way, go keep that fleet out there and make sure they don't come back. Like stuff like that makes sense. Yeah, it's just to a degree. It's much the same as when the Alliance goes into King's Rest. I mean, the, the Alliance and King's Rest. They're not there because they have a deep connection to the Zandalari struggle with their Loa and, uh, you know, Gahoon. But no, no, nobody, there. nobody wants Gahoon around, dude. Like, yeah. That's not there, that's not the, the quest chain that I did that uncovered all of that was literally just being sent. Halford, Halford, the guy yeah, that's Halford in charge. Yeah. Anyway, he, he his his whole thing was, well, that's interesting. The Horde's really interested in this. You should probably figure that out. And that's all. That's all really. That's all the context that it needed, I guess. Because you know, you go in there. Cool. You have you you have that dungeon unlocked. You go in there. You can see what's going on. All right. That's fine. But like, yeah, I don't get the Storm Song stuff. I really don't. Because there's enough going on in Storm Song that that horde attack was kind of unnecessary and it seems weird to me that it even popped up to begin with because like you've pointed out before Rossi it's not like it's a strategic location it's not it like one thing it's not like there... it's an important part <laughs> you, if you wanted to attack Stormsong Valley okay you want to stop the fleet from coming back you want to attack Stormsong Valley I honestly feel like there's got to be a better target than like a a, a moderate level. Sure, it's the, at one point she says this is the biggest trade hub in Colteris uh, outside of Boralis, but the the biggest trade port trade hub in Colteris outside of Boralis is still a podunk town full of farmers. It's, it's not landlocked. Yeah, <laughs> there's it's, not even there's. There's not even a dock there or anything. Yeah. This is like not the place to go. I feel like honestly it would have made more sense if the horde had gone straight over them and attacked Boralis directly. That would have made sense. That because Boralis, there's a target, man. Look at that thing. Uh or Fort Dalen, which is a military installation. Granted, maybe the horde looked at them like, oh yeah, the Naga are hitting that. Okay, I guess we need to go somewhere else. I, what else are we gonna I guess we go there? Sure. I there was some stuff in there that made a lot of sense that worked really well. Um, the horde base that you actually find, the one that they reclaim when when you're doing the ward horde, horde war campaign, the that made the sense. 
Yeah, that made sense. Yeah. That's a good defensible place. But the attack on on Brennadam just is like, huh? And then everything involved in it is like, huh? There's a lot like the whole thing where Rexar is like, you know, she's killed too many. I honestly feel like going Rexar, she's literally been taking a nap in another dimension this entire time. She she's, she doesn't even go here. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's not here, man. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know if you're just if you're just willfully self deluded or if like Nathaniel's just like, Yeah, she totally killed Raise a whole bunch your of hand people. If you've been personally attacked by Jaina Proudmore. <laughs> just... yeah. <laughs> yeah, like not 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 really a thing. So I, I do feel like, in general, that's a misstep for the story. I think the Alliance War campaign, in general, is a little bit more cohesive than the Horde one. But I haven't gotten through the Horde one or even close to it. I mean, um, I don't disagree. Uh, but the Alliance one feels more cohesive in that it's like, from start to finish, it's let's hit military targets of strategic value to weaken the alliance between the Horde and the Zandalari. Uh, and even at the end, you realize, well, we didn't really pull off what we wanted to. We, we did hit, we hit some targets. We blew up some Zandalari ships. But if anything, the, the Zandalari Horde alliance is stronger. We didn't, we didn't accomplish what we wanted. Uh, but the, the, the Horde going into, into Boralus is one of the few places where I feel like this is perfect. This makes perfect sense. You know, this is and, something they would absolutely do. And part of that, and part of that is like, facilitated by the seemingly random thing that happens in storm song. So like, I, I don't know. Like though, I, I agree with you though, that the horde campaign seems disjointed at best. Um, not that the stuff you do isn't, you know, fun is from a gameplay standpoint, but it's, it's the not as cohesive. Campaign, though, it's not the leveling experience. Correct. Yeah. The leveling, leveling experience is that, fantastic. Yeah, we out. need to make that delineation here that what we're talking about, we're not talking about the leveling stuff, although the attack on Brennan, that's something that you encounter while you're leveling Alliance. But what we're talking about here is primarily the quests throughout the war campaign and the story that's playing yeah. out throughout that war campaign, not necessarily the leveling zones. Because the Horde leveling experience is fantastic. I would actually say that... Um, all the zones are very good, in my opinion. All the zone stories are very good. But I would actually say that I would basically put Horde and Alliance zones neck and neck on storyline, except I would put Stormsong near the bottom as an entire zone. I like the, the, Tide, the Tide Sage story, but Stormsong to me feels way long. And sometimes you're like, is this ever going to end? Are we ever going to get to the end of this zone? I've been in this zone for four levels. Oh, my God. No, there's more quests. I just stumbled upon more quests. It's a storm song. What are you doing to me? Oh, and I okay, remember. Okay, but then Granny makes these and cookies. It's yeah. kind of okay for a little but, while. But then you like, <laughs> then you end up bringing more milk and cookies out to a dude in the hills. And it's like, what? now there's Ettons? What? Why are there Ettons? Whereas... I feel like Baldoon? that's also the troll area. Tro the troll area is like that, too. It's like, oh, I've done all these quests. Oh, no. I just stumbled into a bush, and there's a whole another like, 300 waiting for me. Do you mean Zoldazar or Nazmir? Yeah, Zoldazar. Yeah, Nazmir wasn't. Nazmir was pretty straightforward. Nazmir is, like, Nazmir is very concentrated. Zoldazar has some of that feeling, but at the same time, Zoldazar itself feels enormous. Yeah, it is. Stormsong doesn't feel enormous until you, like, realize, oh, God. I skipped half the zone when I went out to Dalen, Fort Dalen, and it did Fort Dalen, and I thought that was the end of the second part of the zone, but it's not. I because still have to... all that stuff back there that I missed. Yeah. <laughs> like, here, I managed to do this. This is something I managed to do. In order to trigger the Brennadam stuff, you have to cross the bridge. Just walk across a bridge. That's all you have to do to trigger it. I managed not to do that. So I went in a complete U 
after I did all the stuff on the on the left side of the map with involving the Tide Sages and that whole storyline, I then did a complete U around the zone, went all the way over to Fort Dale and did everything involved in that and didn't touch that middle part. So I thought I was done. I thought, okay, that's a really – it's a pretty cohesive. There's these two elements. There's the Tide Sages and that, and then there's Ashar and her forces and all of that. I get that those how those two things kind of coordinate into a thing. And then I go to Brennan Dam for like I don't even remember what I was going back there for. Like, oh yeah, pretty much done with the zone, got another level to go, but I'm pretty confident about they getting that maybe. Uh I'll see I'm I've got like still gotta go to Dressvar. And I cross the bridge. And then airships and bombings. I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening? I was done here. I was done in this zone. Oh god. You know, Q do seven hours of questing later. <laughs> okay. Oh God, this zone is huge. What happened? Whereas I don't feel like Zoldazar does that to you. Um, keep in mind, I only leveled mm-hmm. Zoldazar once, but I don't feel like it does that. I do think that Zoldazar, if you are not careful in Zoldazar, you will never leave Zoldazar. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely accurate. But I, I definitely will say that I never got the feeling that you have described in, in Stormsong in Zoldazar. So. It, yeah, Stormsong was one of those areas where... It had a bunch of pieces, and all of those pieces separately were good when you looked at them in and of themselves. But when you pile the whole thing together and look at the zone as a whole, it feels like maybe there were, I don't know, too many cooks in there or something. Like everybody had a cool thing to throw in, so everybody threw in their cool things. And all together, it's kind of like this mishmash. My guildmates described it as playing Jenga with mashed potatoes. Yeah, and it's not its not bad. Don't get me wrong. It's like, it's not bad, because I really like the stuff with the Tides Ages. I thought that was very interesting. And I like the stuff over at Fort Dalen. That was also very interesting, because hello, Ashara. But then, you know, you get into the part where it's like, okay, now you need to go into this thorn place and fight the pig people. And I'm like, oh, God, really? <laughs> There's like, I mean, one of the things I, I felt like the, right, up front, right up front, the the big, the Crazer Fan Crawl type references was just making me have skeevy flashbacks to the leveling board <laughs> way back in the day. You guys remember yeah. the first time you went to Razor Fan Downs? Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, God. Oh, God. I remember being my, my like baby Torin doing this. It's like, first oh, God. I went, yeah. What levels? What would you like to? And I said, there is a dungeon I have never done because I'm just, I'm never in the Barrens. And he goes, which one? I said, Razor Fen Crawl. He's like, okay, let's go. So I was level 60. He was level 60. We went through and we tore up that place. And um, I was sneaking around in cat form because I was playing a druid. And I snuck out to some far off corner of the dungeon and accidentally bumped into one of the pigs. And I said, oh, shoot, I got to shake this pig. So I jumped down off of the bridge and just ran back to my friend. What I didn't realize was that those things do not drop aggro in dungeons. No. <laughs> so no, I know. approximately 30 to 45 seconds after I meet back up with my friend I said yeah I ran into something but it's okay I got away from it and he goes how did you get away and then all of a sudden just this avalanche of angry pig people just descends on us and murders us both and that was my first laser pen crawl I do not like the quill board <laughs> yeah that's that whole thing like I feels like again like there's I think you're right on the money there in terms of the story yeah of, there's a lot of it, it just a it lot would of people work fine. had a lot of really cool ideas, and they tried to squim all together, and it quite gel. And I feel like the horde stuff almost feels like either it needed to be expanded or it needed to be cut out. And I don't know which you would do, but 
I don't think like if you took the quill bore stuff out and just made it more horde stuff that could work, but then it would be really a horde dominated central act of the story. You know what would have made more sense is if Brennan had been overrun by the angry pig people because they were obviously threatening over there. So yeah. why not just bring them sense. in, have them avalanche the city or whatever and cut the horde out of it entirely because that doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense. And but you still could have the horde two together cohesive in a way that they're... And you could still have the horde show up for the war campaign because oh, the horde yeah. does the horde does need to have bases. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've the alliance has got bases all over the place. Why wouldn't the horde? I mean, there's literally I have more flight points in Voldoon than I know what to do with. It's it just uh, so, to me feels like use that attack on Brenadim to give the Alliance another reason to hate the Horde when we really don't need one. Like, yeah. like I think the Alliance got kind of an avalanche of that in the pre-expansion event. They don't exactly need that reinforced. I think that's more than enough to carry them through the entire expansion. I think they're good. All they have honestly, to do is think about the truth. They're good. They're angry. Um, should should maybe like I don't know. I'm gonna throw this out there because it's something I've been thinking about. Sure. Do you guys think it would have made sense if maybe like not the maybe not Jaina specifically, maybe if Kulteris or someone had attacked Zandalar? Maybe. Maybe that would like if there's a bit in one of the zones where it's this this big attack. I don't know. Maybe it's not just, Zandalar, but maybe like because yeah, I think I think that would be a little weird because right now why the would whole that thing nation attack anybody. It's already kind of in disparate pieces well, and falling apart. Well, not only know. that, but Zandalar is sort of like not like they're they're kind of okay with the horde, but they're not part of the horde yet. So like unless they're just attacking them because they're harboring horde. Like it wouldn't make any sense. However, if they were attacking horde, sorry, if they were attacking horde ships on the way to bring reinforcements, that I could see maybe being more justifiable. I I I don't see Colteris trying to attack Zandalar Empire, and I don't see Zandalar attacking Colteris because why bother? No, no, well, they got their own problems to deal with. No, it's not even that. It's, It's a big why bother? You guys are puny compared to us to attack you. What will we gain from? Absolutely. Here's here's like a thing someone talked to me about that I I wanted to mention for a long time and then I kind of forgot. Sure. Talking about the different storylines for the different war campaigns and the different just total leveling experiences. By the end, you start off in Calteris and Calteris is like doing very poorly. Stuff is bad. Stuff is very bad in Calteris. It's Kul-Tiris. not great in Calteris. As you go through, it's the typical storyline of you fix everything. You you go through and you okay evil evil witch monsters and and Drust, click okay got rid of that okay storm song is just fubar click okay dealt with that more or less okay um, tears guard just lots of stuff going wrong there okay I I handled that with those pirate guys and then I handled that other thing with the squid monster yeah I think we're pretty good uh, our the heir to our kingdom is missing I I got I'm on it got her okay we're under attack by pirates again okay. Click. Done with that. Everything's good. We're pretty much, yeah. Fleet's back. Yeah, happy. Do the Zandalar one. And we are a strong and powerful people. Okay, go to this zone. Oh, God, everything's on fire. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, the Zandalar it's story like is the, the exact side. opposite. It, it's, it's, yeah, like it's a flip-flop. Everything is falling apart. <laughs> yeah. You go to, like, Nazmir, where we worship blood monsters. Oh, so, what is it? You know? I have a question for you guys for the Maxwell Alliance side. For your main hub city... Are your guards alliance guards or are they Kulturian guards? They're Kulturian guards. Okay. That is a very distinct difference. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, it's not really going to ruin anything because it's not part of the, like, it's not thrown in your face as the story, but it's something I just noticed is that 
when you're done with the Horde story for all the zones, yeah, the main city doesn't have Zandalari guards anymore. They're forsaken guards. Huh. Yeah, see, here's the thing. is At the end of the Alliance story, Kul'Tiris has joined the Alliance. Like, yeah, straight up here, Zandalari is still on the fence. Yeah. Kul'Tiris is in. Like, they are, they are in. I, I don't... I wrote a know your lore about it because it is the end point of at this point. If you've done Siege of Baralis, you know this. I haven't the, done it yet, so maybe yeah. don't spoil it entirely. But well, it, it's really it, even if you didn't do it, you know the basic thing. Jaina is back, yeah, and she's in charge. They 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 effectively are all listening to her. Um, that's so. Kultiris, you know, Anduin shows up. There's a whole thing where he he talks to them. They're in and. It feels like the Horde storyline, it isn't so much that Zandalars joined the Horde, so much as Zandalar is now so screwed up. That the that Horde it, just kind of moves in. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what it feels like from the Horde side, like, from a Horde player's perspective. Because, like, just looking around, and I think it's, if this is intentional, it's clever. And I will give them credit for this. Because it's so subtle throughout the storytelling and leveling experience. It's not like, oh, yeah, we're going to join you now. It's no, it's been subtly, like, opportunistically sort of implanting the Horde in Zandalar because it's just falling apart. Yeah, and that's and... kind of interesting how it all begins, too. Because, like I said, why would why would Zandalar ever attack Kul Tiris? Well, at the onset, when we first arrive, they have no reason to. I mean, just look at the intro. That intro cinematic from the Horde side is really kind of telling because you have one Zandalari princess comes out on a ship, summons the biggest freaking Loa I have ever seen and just parts the skies. There's this gigantic fleet of Zandalar ships that just opens fire and decimate without even thinking. It's just like snap of the fingers, blink of it. Yeah, nobody's that's the whole reason we wanted to go mess. there to begin with. Nobody's we wanted their fleet. Going, nobody's going to mess with the Zandalari at that point. And the Zandalari couldn't be bothered to mess with anyone else because why would they? They're already top dog. They're good. And then by the end of it all, they're not. So yeah, it's this interesting kind of dovetail thing that they've got going on where they've essentially kind of drawn it almost to an even playing field. Actually, I'm going to go a little further and mm-hmm. I'm not going to not going to talk specifically about what you see, but at the end of Siege of Baralis, the cinematic at the end of Siege of Baralis, um, there's a moment where dis- disaster is looming and suddenly the, mu- the music picks up beautifully. I, if you have mm-hmm. not done Siege, go, go do it. Uh, it's very hard to do, though. So, I mean, you know, hey, maybe reach out to me. I'll tank it for you. Um, I'm now actually talking to Anne directly. Uh, yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically um, I, I, again, without spoiling it, Ashveen's looking pretty triumphant and then stuff happens. But when that stuff happens, you get the sense like, it's the exact inverse of what you were just talking about with the Zandalar. It is. I've seen the I've seen the cinematic for Bor- Siege because I haven't been able to get a group together for it, Hordeside. Um, but you are absolutely right. It is the it, inverse. You you now you now realize the you know, it, it, there's a moment where I I, I got I'm I just there's just it a is, dovetail. It's a dovetail yeah. between the two. Not just is there a dovetail. There's a, there's a moment of pure just. There's a bit where Jaina just holds up the her father's amulet and you see it. You you get to see the moment where she is completely stepped out of all the BS that she's been carrying around 
for a long time now. And if you've done the throw stuff, that that I think we can talk about because that's easily questable. You do the throw stuff and you see Catherine let's, and Jane is dealing with Let's hang on one second here. Let's just go ahead and because we're talking about all of this stuff, we're just going to slap a spoiler, a general spoiler. If you haven't done the end game stuff on Alliance side and you're reading it, we're talking about it and we're going to yeah. continue talking about it. So maybe duck out. But yeah, when, throws. when you do this, when you do the throw stuff, you Catherine Proudmore and, and you are going through it. Um, oh, you, you basically get so to see. Good. I think this actually ties into what we were talking about with Rexar, too, because you get to see Jaina does not think about Rexar even once. He does not come up. It's her interaction with her father and then the aftermath. It's her trying to convince her father that she's right and he should listen to her. And then him dead and her going, why wouldn't you listen to me? That's where Jane's mindset. Yeah, she's much more tied into that. And that moment, that's it's the person. That's the personal part that the Rexar stuff doesn't with her. Person that Jaina Proudmore blames for Dalen Proudmore's death is Jaina Proudmore. The person who has to absolve Jaina of it is Catherine Proudmore. And Rexar is not involved. The Horde is not really involved. The Horde in Jaina's, the various things Jaina sees and throws, the Horde's role in them is at best a regret. She wishes she had done differently. She wishes she'd listened to Varian. She wishes she'd, you know, managed to convince her father. And she doesn't even, here's the thing, she doesn't even wish that she'd listened to her father. She doesn't wish that she allowed him to do what he was going to do. She still recognizes that he was wrong. Wishes that he would have listened to her. Yes. That's the thing. That's what – I'm just going to say this. This is my tinfoil hat theory. Rexar is in contact with Jana Proudmore. You think? That's my tinfoil hat. Right? Hmm. I could be wrong. I could – you know, the story could be going – but that's why I keep saying there's other people he might be in contact with. Jaina is one of them. Hmm. There's no – there's no reason for him to be hostile to her. There's no, he never had a so problem. So do you think he's her. saying that as like a front? Could be. He's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. But if I also don't to lie or mislead him. He might, you know, the person he might originally talk to would be Thrall. If he went to Thrall and said, "What's going on with the horde?" Thrall would be like, "I have no idea. I've been busy trying to raise my kid." Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's stuff going on here. My only problem with that, though, is is and and this is sort of the weird sticking point for me. I don't see that Rexar would sacrifice one of his companions for that. Well, I'm not saying that that didn't actually happen. I'm not saying that his he didn't like go scouting and his animal companion didn't get killed. I'm saying he might be lying to you, but why he's there originally? Fair. I but again, maybe it's not even a lie. Maybe he does feel that Jane has gone too far. But maybe the way to to reel her back in is to figure out what's actually going on. I don't know. All I know is there's, there's a lot going on here that we don't see yet. And I'm very, there's just no logical way to actually blame Jaina for any of this. Okay. Well, we're, we're, we're kind of running out of time, so we should yeah. probably wrap it up. But before we wrap it up, I should point out that we have been kind of nitpicky today. Oh but yeah. We've been, it's, we're not nitpicky because we don't like the story. Because what's going on in Battle for Azeroth is actually pretty fascinating. Like, the story's really good. We have a few points here and there that we can harp on and nitpick because in the sense of that larger narrative, which is very good, there are still some things that don't quite make sense. So that's Plus, what I we're mean, doing here. It's not It's not that we're, like, ripping on the story or anything. It's just, huh, how about that? <laughs> I have 
I have three 120s, and I'm working on a horde to, to get to 120 right now. Mm-hmm. I don't play games like that if I don't like them. And I, it's like, it's not like I have time to be doing this. Well, and, and 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 I, I guess it is worth saying because I, we do get a lot of comments about this. At least I do. Is because I'm very critical about a lot of things. It's not again. It's not because we hate it. It's because we love it. And when we we pick things apart and try to poke the holes in it. It's not out of any place of malice. For me, it's trying to figure out where the next story beat's going to go and if tearing it apart is going to give me that next step. There and it's because two, I love it so much. Yeah, and there are two possibilities with that Rexar thing that we were kind of tearing early in the show. There are two potentials. Number one, it was written poorly and wasn't written correctly and wasn't written with authenticity of the character. And, you know, sometimes that kind of thing happens. But everything else here has been written really well which leads us to the second possibility there's something there very important that we don't know yet and we will find out eventually i like to think that it's more the latter than the former which is why you know we were kind of bandying about i like the idea of rexar actually like being in contact or trying to get into contact with jaina because that makes more sense and of course he wouldn't want he wouldn't want to tell a horde champion that that's what well, he was doing. <laughs> for that matter, he might want to get in contact with her to demand an explanation of whatever thing he was told. But here's the other thing. We have not seen a ton out of Sylvanas this expansion. Not yet. No, and I was going to bring that up, too. Like, I was absolutely going to bring that up. Yeah. We see Nathanos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And acting we see, on her we behalf or whatever. Acting on her behalf. Champion, but... but I have I have done every quest available to me. I have done every interaction available to me. I don't know what she's doing, where she is, or what she's up to. And it's kind of the same thing on the Alliance side with Anduin. You do see Anduin on a couple of different occasions, but he's never there for very long because he's got other things he's got to go do. So we don't know what these two players are doing at the moment, but our focuses are kind of, our our focus and our attentions are kind of elsewhere at this point. And I'm pretty sure that all of this stuff will come roaring to a head at some point. We still haven't even hit the first patch for the expansion, but I'm really excited about where this place is going to go. Anyway, we should wrap this up here. Um, If you guys enjoy our show for you guys, listeners of blizzard watch audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I know we have beaten this into the bush over and over again over the last couple of lore watches, but it's worth reiterating. If you have not read Before the Storm, the audiobook version of Before the Storm read by, is it Josh Keaton? I think it's Josh yeah, Keaton. Yeah, it's Josh Keaton. Uh, mm-hmm. he, is, he is the voice actor for Andrew Wren. He does the narration for Before the Storm. He actually reads the audiobook. He's very good at it. It's a very good audiobook. And if you don't have the time to sit down and read a novel hey maybe you have time like you know when you're carpooling somewhere or you know going to work and back again or if you're taking a long drive or if you're just sitting there and you want something to listen to while you're taking a long bath hey queue up before the storm um the story is definitely worth getting into because it's kind of one of the big impetuses for all of this uh that is available on audible and you can use that as your free audiobook download with that free 30-day trial 
If you want to sign up for the service and take advantage of that, you can go to blizzardwatch.com slash audible and sign up there. Even if you don't really care about Before the Storm, Audible has literally thousands of other books available in all kinds of different genres, read by all kinds of different people. They even have a bunch of other Blizzard titles if that's, you know, if you want to check out some of the earlier things. Anyway, again, if you want to sign up for that, that's at blizzardwatch.com slash audible and every sign up helps support the show and everything that we do. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive of benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Okay, final thoughts, you guys. And we'll we'll try and make this quick here. If there was one thing that you could change in any of the leveling zones, what would it be, Joe? Uh, horde side, nothing. Uh, aside from giving the... There wasn't the... anything that was like kind of like, mm, maybe this didn't need to be here? No. Like and and that's it. I, I'm not saying that lightly. The only thing that I would have liked to have seen, not from a story point, not from a quest standpoint, would have been more flight paths in the desert because there isn't nearly enough of them. But other than that, this is the first time I don't think I've had an honest complaint about the leveling experience story wise. And there's nothing that I that there's nothing that jumps to mind that I would love to change. Okay, Rossi, same question. Uh, see, in terms of changing it, that's that's a different question. I can have reservations about stuff, but both Drusvar and Tiragard sound are just so good. And Stormsong is like a really good sandwich of good with then like a part that confuses me in the middle. So I wouldn't want to change any of that. Horde side, it's not like I want it changed, but I honestly feel a little bit like it takes a little too long to get into what's going on with the Zandalari as a whole. And the problem here is there's a spoiler and I can't talk about it. So just there is a moment with between Bon Samdi and Rastakhan that I am still replaying in my head. Oh, that payoff though. It's, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm still replaying it in my head. It's like one of those things is I go over and over. that happens when you finish everything? <sighs> It's tied to the achievement called Zandalar Forever. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you kind of have to finish everything. I yeah. need to get on my Horde character and level her so that yeah. I can experience all of this. And I will get that done before we do the next lore watch. Um, it is, it's one of the things that's been like, I'm, I'm still bogged down on my Horde character, but it's one of the things that it's really. I think the only yeah, thing I... that I would have asked for on the Alliance side is more time with Flynn Fairwind because I love him to bits. <laughs> I just did. You, there's a moment with when you're with Flynn in Freeport Freehold, yeah. Uh, and his friend is like, "Who's that woman? The woman with the hair black as ravens down?" And he's like, "Get, get, 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 get it, shut, shut up, shut up!" And I'm like, I almost feel like we're sending Taylor the letter. I should write, "P.S. Flynn has a crush on you because he does. Flynn has yeah. a crush on Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Does she have a crush on him? I don't know. Oh, but no. I guess you know, Taylor has got her own things to think about. Yeah, she's she is. Busy. Oh. Yeah, she has no, a we lot need to... of uh, things to think about, and we'll maybe See, we'll get into that next episode. <laughs> you guys, you guys need to level Horde and do the war campaign, so I can talk about possible things with Talia. Oh boy. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, that wraps us up for the show. We will be back here again in two weeks, and as always, thanks you guys for listening. We really appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Bye.